Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Well, hello, everybody. I am excited about this episode, as I am all of them. This is the third one. This is the third one. I can't wait to say to in the hundreds. Can't wait to be in that category where we have a hundred of these uh, behind us interviews and talks with people and just uh, spending time with the Lord, spending time learning about him and, and, and trusting in him. Praise God. That is exactly, exactly what we want to be doing. I want to talk about something that is beginning to uh, be something, you know, something we need to look at over the next few weeks. Uh, churches are beginning to kind of go back to uh, kind of go back to having services indoors. They're just beginning that process, seeing what that looks like. I can tell you, you know, what's funny to me, um, really, really, I mean, just it's ironic and funny is right before all this went down, you know, we were always very conscious of the fact that the flu was crazy and that a lot of kids went home with the flu every year and, and uh, other sicknesses and things. And there was even a time period in our area where, you know, half the school, it seemed like, in the elementary level and the primary level that uh, half the school was out and at home. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was amazing. Of course we knew the sickness was going around. We, every year we deal with the flu and we have to get through it, but it does send a lot of people home and gets a lot of people sick. So we had already long before we knew uh, about all this and long uh, before uh, the media frenzy, uh, we were already putting all types of hand sanitizing stations throughout our church. We already had some, but we decided, hey, let's put a bunch out here. That way, those people who uh, are, you know, really want to be washing their hands and, and that kind of thing can do that. That was something they were doing uh, long before. And I'm glad of that. I'm glad of that. And now that we have been back in this, this will be this coming Sunday will be the third week we've been in here. Uh, people have been, uh, you know, some people want to shake hands. I love that. I'd pay $20 for a handshake a few weeks ago. And now I'm actually getting some handshakes from folks and and uh and all that so it's been it's been really nice it's been it's been wonderful to worship together my goodness to sing praises to the lord together has been such a blessing and i thank god for that opportunity and i know you do too i i know that you're looking forward to getting back to that um but you just you know you want to be safe and all that and there's that that's completely understandable but here's the thing today what i want to talk about and and transitioning back into um into church is uh, is is the fact that there are things that we need to do. Okay, before we really get started and full speed ahead, there are things we need to do. You say, well, Ryan, of course there are. We need to be cleaning up more, and we need to be washing this and washing that, and watching these people and keeping our eyes on these folks. And no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about at all. There are some things we need to do when we start having services. I am absolutely convinced. Listen to me now. I'm absolutely convinced revival is going to come out of this. Now, I am not convinced that every person that was once in church is coming back to church. And I am not convinced that we are going to have some type of, you know, 9-11 event in the sense that, uh, you know, everybody comes flooding back into the churches. That's just not going to happen. I think we're going to have uh, stronger than a remnant. We'll have most of our people come back and enjoy church and all. But there are going to be people who have spent the last two months kind of adjusting to uh, to the life without, without, you know, in-person church and things. And they're just not going to be here. And you say, Ryan, well, you're a pessimist. No, 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 no. Because I also believe in the midst of that, that we're going to have a revival as a result of having 
uh, a, a stronger remnant in the churches. I really do. I think people are going to be born again like uh, like you've never seen. Now, I do believe also in the coming decades that we're going to see more and more persecution, even from within the churches, uh, to each other. Uh, and, and I could go into that uh, just quickly before we get into these steps that we need to take uh, before we get going uh, in church services, you know, big time or steps we need to take in the church service. But before we do that, uh, I hope you, I hope you have uh, read uh, Tortured for Christ, the Wormbrand story. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. My goodness gracious, an incredible story to read over and over again because of all the things that he went through in his time uh, during the World War II era, the Nazi era, uh, you know, communism. Then after Nazis are, are defeated, then it's communism in Romania and such and all that the Christians had to endure as a result of communism, the most evil form of government uh, ever created uh, in in society. And so uh, he had to endure quite a bit. And I believe Christianity is going to have to endure some things. Uh, American Christians are going to have to, those those who stand by the Bible, its principles, its morals, uh, and its uh, and its Savior are going to you know, experience some ridicule uh, over the next couple of decades. But not just ridicule. I think there's going to be some noticeable persecution. But here's, here's the optimism in all of that, guys. I do believe that uh, certainly we can repent as Christians. You know, if, if God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and, and turn from their wicked ways. He's talking about his people. The reason there is such trouble is his people are silent. That's a whole other story. But uh, his people are silent. Here's what I believe is going to happen. I believe revival's coming. Now, I don't know about the country revival. I, I is, as, as What I mean by that is I don't know about um, – Everything coming back as fun and exciting as it once was. I hope it does. But I, there's so many melancholics and uh, melancholy people out there um, that uh, they're they're probably going to keep us down for just a little bit. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord and excited, and I'm going to believe that the church is about to experience something amazing. I think we're going to see some salvations. If some of these principles here that I'm about to talk about, if they're implemented, I believe we're going to see amazing results, amazing things happen, and, uh, and that doesn't bother me to say that. I just believe God's about to do a huge work, praise God. And I think his people, if they will, if they will position themselves correctly, they will see amazing things happen. I know you want to see your church grow, but let's talk about that spiritual growth before we talk about numerical growth. I mean, it is odd for us because we're seeing, you know, we've had this is last this past Sunday was, um, you know, our second service back together inside, you know, the church. And we kept pews separated and different things like that and all, you know, all that sort of thing. But it was really weird not seeing all of our folks. We know that they're protecting themselves. Generally, our older people are doing that. We have some of our seniors here who are shaking hands and hugging necks. And they're like, hey, we're going to we're going to have church. We don't, you know, no matter what. So, uh, you know, looking at all that, we, we, we were excited. But still, it's so weird just to look out there and not see all of your folks like you normally do. Um, the biggest adjustment being these churches are seeing, you know, having to say, okay, we're ready to start. And we're not ready to start with the big parade and uh, confetti and all of that stuff. The, you know, the, the band singing and all that kind of thing like that. We are just, we're going to worship. We're going to sing, we're going to praise and we're going to preach and we're going to uh, enjoy our time together. So, you know, there it is, you know, there it is folks. I mean, it's, it's, you know, 
we are having to adjust to the fact that not everyone's here, that we're going to start this incrementally, that we're going to get it back incrementally. Summertime's about to start. We're going to see uh, our crowds kind of taper off from that, too. I mean, yes, our folks have been out of church, but they hadn't been able to go anywhere. So now they are able to go somewhere. So now what, Ryan? Now what? What? What's, you know, now what are we doing? I'm telling you, folks, if we will start investing in the five things I'm about to talk about, two of which we talked about in a prior week, but five things I'm about to talk about, I'm telling you, I am telling you, God is ready to do some wonderful things wonderful things. Wouldn't you love to see that loved one you've been praying for for so long? Wouldn't you love to see them born again? That friend that you've been praying for for so very long, wouldn't you love to see them born again? I know you would. And the Lord wants to do that. The Lord wants to save people's souls. That's the reason down on the cross was to save souls. I mean, my goodness, wouldn't be something the church said, hey, we're going to take this opportunity to be uh, to be more in tune with God and uh, and to uh, and to work so very hard to see souls saved. It will catch them. We'll let God clean them. Okay. And, uh, and we'll do that through teaching. We'll do that through discipleship. We'll do all that. But man, we got to get on board for saving some souls here and where we live here in uh, Thomaston, Georgia. Um, there are thousands and thousands of people. We're not very big. It's a big County. Don't get me wrong. It's a big County here in Georgia. Uh, Upson County is. But um, but but here's the thing. It, it, it's not like there's a ton of people in this county. There are, you know, tens of thousands. Uh, and I would I would say probably, you know, close to 30,000, I would say. I don't know, you know, for you know, specifically, but I'd tell you that. And this is what I told a friend of mine the other day. I said, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If every single church in our area, and there are a lot of God believing uh, churches, you know, Bible preaching churches in our area and praise God for that. But if every church in our area was packed to its gills, I mean, just completely packed uh, out, we would still have tens of thousands in our county who do not know Jesus. And see, friends, to me, that is the tragic part. That is the tragic part. Here we are. Okay. For the first time in my life, I saw churches completely empty for the first time in my life, which is almost a half a half a century long. And the first time in my life, I have actually seen uh, an Easter service with no one in the pews. That, my friends, is awful. And I mean, you know, there were some faithful deacons that would come and would sit, you know, right there in the in the in the middle of service and distance themselves, and they'd stay there. But that was it. That that was it, folks. We were preaching Easter from uh, from internet, and it was awful. And you said, "Well, Ryan, the quality was good, and we we got to see it." Well, no, we're good with that, and I appreciate technology, and I appreciate all that's available to all of you and all the churches that are out there. But understand, being in person together is where you draw your energy. Is where you draw your energy, and so. We um that's uh that's where uh we were we were so draining in energy at that point. It's like my goodness, we want to see our people and our pastor, um you know retiring soon, but but uh, has been here you know forty three years preaching the gospel and just you know he wanted to see his people. And he just said it. He said I want to see my people, you know, and uh, and so there there you go. But here's the thing. Now we're about to reboot. We're about to restart. Churches are about to restart. People are like, man, is it time to go back already? Uh, for some of them are going to say that, and then there are others who, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get back in and praise the Lord. And we have had them here, and we are excited about them being here. Um, it was it was wonderful. Number one thing we've got to do when we get started again. Now remember, we talked about the first two. Okay, so don't don't tune me out. We talked about the first two. Um, I can't remember the last week. 
Um, but we talked about, you know, Paul and Silas uh, being in prison and uh, and singing and praising and uh, praying and those things. The first thing we're going to talk about today when we get this thing, when we get this thing started is we have got to pray for his presence. We've got to pray for his presence. Well, the word says where two or more are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of them. So I, I definitely don't want to. Uh, I definitely don't want to push that to the side because that's our promise right there. There he is in the midst of them, and uh, and that's where we want him. We need, we need to seek his face. We need to get on our knees, preachers. Let me tell you something. We need to get on our knees as pastors and say, Lord, we want your spirit to show up. I'm hoping that me speaking these words right now can be considered a prayer. May the meditations of my heart be pleasing in thy sight, O oh Lord, my O oh Lord, my Redeemer. Uh, I, I certainly hope that this can be a prayer. Lord, what we desperately want, what we desperately want is your, your spirit to, uh, to light here in our, uh, in our church and do an amazing, amazing work. Let me tell you a little story. Um, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, uh, I'm not going to you know tell you names or anything like that, but saw a wonderful, wonderful little video this guy made on his phone recently. And, uh, it was, it was tremendous. Uh, he's a fairly new believer from what I understand the way the story is told to me. He lives in our area and, uh, he was telling a story. He was recording on his phone. His face was on the phone right there up on his face. And he was talking about the fact that they, he and a few other people had been standing around talking about this coronavirus. And, you know, they were talking about how the government overreached and talking about, you know, what do you do about government overreach and just all the, all the anxiety behind it and depression behind it and anger behind it and all that. Finally, this young believer said, uh, said, listen, you know, we're just going to have to trust God. We need to get in our word more. We need to believe he and trust that he's going to get us through this. And uh, the video is out there to be seen, but but it, it is it is so neat because he says this. He, he tries to flip his phone around. He fumbles with it a little bit, and he says, "Man, I'm trying to flip flip the screen around." Um, he said, "This is what happened to us." He said, "While we were doing that, while we were saying that we were we need trust in the Lord, a white dove came down and landed on the ground." Now, before you, he's like, "Oh my goodness, well, the white dove, you know, the many, you know, kind of a symbol of the Holy Spirit and uh, the peace that was brought with that." Um, here, you know, this white dove lands in front of them and he's telling, he's trying to flip his phone. He flips the screen around and the dove is still there. Minutes after he started this video, the dove is still sitting there eating right in front of them. And, uh, and, you know, a few other people saw it in the area, um, but it stayed there for several minutes, several minutes. But what a, you know, Ryan, that's a coincidence. Well, bless your little heart for believing that. That's amazing to me. And I just praise God for that. But uh, praying for his presence, and there he was in their presence. He is uh, certainly with every Bible-believing church out there that is preaching the word and preaching as it should be. And I just give God the glory and thank him that uh, he he is going to be in our churches and begin to do a work inside of souls. We need to be in, you know inviting people more than ever. We need to be praying for his presence to move through those people, to change, as Ezekiel would say, to change that heart of stone into a heart of flesh is what God said he would do. It's a heart of stone, that hard heart, that deceitful heart, turning it into uh, the heart of Jesus, which is, uh, which is incredible, which is incredible, the transformation that can occur. Yes, there's sanctification, and we need to get we need to get um, you know closer and closer to being like our Lord and Savior, and uh, there's no doubt about that. Sanctification happens, but man, you talk about that initial change in heart from stone to flesh, 
where I can actually feel and love people and actually love them with a Christian love and not just a worldly love. Praying for his presence. Lord, would you please come and inhabit your people uh, even even more so than we have ever experienced. Your Holy Spirit, Lord, to, to uh, move in me and pastors all across this nation and in congregations across this nation that you would move and do an incredible work is what we pray for. Here, here's something else that we've really, we've really got to learn to do, and that is this. We've got to learn to praise with passion. Praise with passion. And, and and when we're talking about Paul and Silas and we're talking about in the middle of prison, they're praising. Look, no matter no matter what you're going through, you have got to get to a point where you are praising with passion, no matter what you're going through. You've got to praise him and give him glory. There are people, and look, I know there are different styles. I know there are the people who are statues who stand there with their arms straight down and their lips poking out and all that good stuff. And they feel like, you know, I don't have I don't have time for all this. There are people who go to contemporary style, you know, atmospheres and still don't sing. It, it, it blows my mind. You go there. I love the music. I love the band. I love the, love the songs they're singing. They're all, they're all, you know, uh, uh, modern and they're all this, that, and that. And, and, and they still stand there. It just blows my mind, man. I am eclectic. I like all types of music. I can listen to some Southern gospel. I can listen to, uh, to the old hymns. Uh, I can listen to the contemporary, uh, contemporary stuff all the way. Listen, I, I honestly, I love it, and I love worshiping the Lord and praising Him. Church has got to praise more than ever, though. I'm telling you, look, we have the opportunity here, folks. We have the opportunity to do some amazing things in God, coming back, rebooting, restarting, refreshed, ready to go. We have some amazing things we can do for Him because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world is what the what the Bible teaches us. He's going to do these mighty things. And Jesus said you would do even greater things than I have done because he goes to the Father. We're here. We have the ability to keep going. He had 33 years and only three of them in ministry. You have the opportunity to do even more than he did. If you will believe in him and trust in him and believe that you can be uh, used by him, praise the Lord. And uh, just praising, praising with passion. Not just, and I'm not asking you, you don't have to raise your hands and run around and all that. I'm not asking you to. If you do, fine. But I'm talking about real praise. And sometimes that's laying on our face, you know? And sometimes that's on our knees and with our arms outstretched. And oh my goodness gracious, what an incredible, incredible thing we ought to do there. So we're praying with, praying for his presence that he would, that he would help us through. And we're, we're praying for, uh, we're, we're praising with passion, with everything that we've got. What are we praising? Listen, just be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful for what God. I'm so grateful I'm saved. Folks, I was so rotten before Jesus Christ got a hold of my life. I was so completely rotten. And so here, and, and, and he saved me and gave me, gave me a new heart, and I'm living for him. So when I praise him, I want to praise him for his grace. I want to praise him for his mercy because he did not do to me what I deserved for him to do to me. That's for sure. And that was the mercy in it. Then he gave me something I did not deserve, and that was grace. He he gave me the ability to be called his child, and I just thank him so for that. I'm going to praise him for that. I don't have anybody else to praise but God, you know. Yeah, I just I need to just give God the praise. I praise him for my wife. I praise him for my family. I praise him for, you know, the success that 
you know, the, the world may say that they have. I, I, I think I thank him for all the good things they've been able to accomplish. I'm thanking for the church. I thank him for I thank him for uh, the people in the church. I'm, I'm so grateful. I praise him. I praise him. I, I'm so thankful for the uh, for the, you know, the, the financial situation of the church after COVID. We're, do, we're doing fine. God is taking us through. He's 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 taking us across that sea. And I just thank him for that. I, I'm so grateful. Folks, I, I, I'm grateful over little things. I, I'm grateful over little things. I am. I'm grateful that I have run water. I've been all over the world running water. I can drink, folks. Can you imagine? I can drink it without having to worry about being sick. I can. It, it, it blows my mind that I have the ability to go, you know, right into a convenience store and buy any of those little items that I want. If I'm a little snacky and want a little food, got a got a little hunger in me, I might do that. Uh, but I got to move. I got to move. I know I do. I could, I could spend all day talking about praying and praise because we need both of those desperately. We need both of those desperately. The third thing is this. We got to witness with wonder. We got to witness with wonder. You say, Ryan, what in the world do you mean by that? Well, let's just get real here. Let's get real here. Inviting somebody to church that already goes to church and is born again, that's kind of silly. It's like, oh, I just want to grow my church. Wouldn't it be nice if we could say we had a thousand members or wouldn't it be nice if we could say we broke the 100 barrier and now we're at 150 or or, or 300 and now we're at 5,000 or whatever it happens to be. Let's invite people who already go to church to church. Well, isn't that a little softball? Isn't that a little, isn't that silly? That, I mean, you know, I appreciate you inviting them to maybe a special event or something and get them to go back and be inspired for their own church. But when's the last time you invited somebody who doesn't even know Jesus Christ to church? Oh, shoot, we're going to have to do that. And what I mean about witnessing with wonder, I mean, we got to be childlike in it. I was just preaching a sermon this past week where I was talking about you know, uh, being childlike and, and, and the wonder behind it all. Well, this is, this is God. He created it. How did he do that? Oh my goodness. This is amazing. How did he take that person over there? Was the alcoholic beat his wife? How did he take him and transform him into, into a deacon in a church? How did he do that? You know, or, or, or how did he, how did this, uh, how did this happen? Or how did that happen? Or how did this, you know, this drug addict, how did they get saved? Or, or this person who thought they had it all together and wasn't addicted to anything other than out, out making a living and thought he had all, all together. Or she had it all together and then decided to come to Christ and her life has been transformed. Oh, my goodness. The wonder in witnessing. Oh, that we would tell everybody and anybody who needed to be in church to be in church. You know, right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you, convicting you, convicting you. You ought to be telling somebody who doesn't know about Jesus to come to church, to hear the gospel, or at least tell them the gospel. That should be the first thing anyway. You're telling them the gospel. But inviting them to church and say, come hear the message. It's not what you think. I don't have anything to wear. Wear your jeans. Wear, you know, make sure you're wearing a shirt. Wear jeans. Whatever, busted up jeans. I, I'm not worried. But just whatever you can wear, whatever you can put on, put it on. Let's go worship. Let's go praise. Let's go preach. Let's go do it. We've got to witness with wonder. Oh, my goodness. And uh, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we give it our all? Why wouldn't we believe that these people can be saved? Why wouldn't we believe that God has the power to do that in the post-COVID nation? Why wouldn't we believe that right now in the middle of their fear, I'm not fearful, I'm joyful. I'm not fearful, I'm joyful. I, you know, I may be a, I may be a little anxious about the government and their overreach, but I'm going to tell you something. Even God's in control. God's in control because I'm going to let him have full, I'm going to fully submit to God and let him handle that. Praise God. Here, here's where we are, folks. Here's where we are in the midst of all of this. I want you to know that we've got to, we've got to pray for his presence. We've got to, we've got to praise with passion and we've got to witness with wonder. But here, here's one thing too. Here's one thing. We got to give. We got to give graciously. We got to, we got to give 
gorgingly. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> gorgingly. We got to give gorging. We got to give it obesely. Like, I mean, I, I'm telling you, yeah, let's just go ahead and just go, you know, down the, you know, down the chute of, uh, of, uh, of grammar here and just say, I want to give gorgingly and I want to give graciously and I want to give gargantuanly. And if you want to do this, when we get back together, folks, let's give even more than we've ever given. And I mean, getting involved and helping people and loving people and doing these things because, hey, that's what you're doing to the least of these you're doing to me. Now, I'm talking about folks that are trying, okay? I'm talking about folks that are out there doing it. And those who are not trying, maybe they're not trying because they don't know better. And so I'm going to teach them and and we're going to we're going to give to each other. We're going to give to friends and we're going to give to neighbors and we're going to show preference to Christian brothers and sisters. Oh, my goodness, boy, I'm liking this talk right here. I'm talking myself up into a frenzy. I'm ready, folks. My goodness gracious. Get your church ready. We need to be giving. Oh, my goodness gracious. You you make a what, what's that old saying? You make a, a living by what you get. and You make a life by what you give. That's the truth. Man, transforming your life. You get you become a giver and your life will be like like nothing else. Oh, my goodness. If folks just understood the power of tithing and giving, it would blow their mind. I mean, I cannot believe I didn't do this sooner. Oh, listen. Even unbelieving philanthropists know that if they give, it's coming back. It's just a rule that works for everybody. It rains on the just and the unjust, folks. And that's one of those rules that works for everybody. If you give, you get. And it's, it's crazy. And it's just such blessing you can't hardly stand it. I mean, it will blow your mind like nothing else. I mean, it will. So you've got to give gorgingly. That's actually a word I have written down, and I don't even know if that's a real word. Um, but I will be looking that up just for the fun of it. But it is today. It is today. It's a Ryan word. Gorgingly. Give obesely, give it crazy. Like people are like, oh my gosh, that's so, man, I can't believe that church did that. We got to give. And I'm not just talking about going back to church to give out of your pocketbook. I'm talking about the church as a whole, like the, the leading body, giving, 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 giving. And that leads us to the last thing. So we had, we had, we pray for praying for his presence and, and, and praise with passion and uh, witness uh, with wonder and give gorgingly. And then, oh my goodness, this last one, this last one, because we only have a couple minutes here. We only have a couple minutes. This last one is this one. Serve selflessly. Serve selflessly. God is going to need his people to serve more than ever. You say, Ryan, before all this happened, I was slapped, worn out, didn't know that I could even make it. Didn't think that I could. Didn't want to go on another week. I've had time off. Well, listen, use that time off because I'm telling you, we're about to be back in it. Your church is about to be going. We've got to serve. Well, Ryan, we should have been doing all these things beforehand. Yes, but many of us weren't. Now we've got to double down. We've got to we've got to praise with passion and pray with pray for His presence and witness with wonder and give uh, gorgingly and serve selflessly. We've got to do that. We got to serve. Put find out where your gift is. Find out where your gift is. Come on, folks. Find out what it is God has blessed you with the ability to do. And let's do it. Let's do it. Let's don't be ashamed to get involved in God's work. I'm telling you, he's about to do an amazing and mighty work in you and your church family. And you can be a major, major part of that. So please rev it up. You say, Ryan, I already prayed for his presence. Well, ramp it up because we need you to. Say, Ryan, I, I already praised with passion. I was already excited about praising him. Well, do it. Ramp it up. Let's get this thing going. 
I already witnessed with wonder, the wonder of creation and the wonder of what all God has done and the childlike faith of that. I already did that. Well, ramp it up because this world needs it. Oh, my goodness. Moran already gave gorgingly. I already gave a bunch. I was already given all that I had. Oh, folks, folks, ramp it up. I'm telling you. And then there's serve selflessly. Ryan, I was already doing that. I was already giving everything that all the energy I had. I had let it just drain slap out of me in the midst of all this. Well, friends, you're going to have to ramp it up because God is about to get started with something big. So please, please don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on all God is about to do. You know, I give him glory, folks. I thank him so much for all he's done. I don't, I don't, I don't sit around. Uh, I don't sit around uh, believing he stopped. I still believe he heals. I still believe he transforms, and I certainly believe he saves. So come on, folks, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. See y'all. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.